Welcome to the Culture Chat, hosted by WorkXO. Our mission is to upgrade work. Find out more about our workplace genome project at WorkXO.com. And now, over to our host for today. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Culture Chat podcast. Uh, my name is Jamie Notter. I'm at WorkXO, and once again joined uh, by my partner in crime, Charlie Judy, who will say hello in a second. Uh, and today. We're going to be talking about the relationship between organizational culture and community culture, which I think is a very interesting topic. And for that topic, we have brought in someone who I happen to know knows a lot about community and culture. Uh, her name is Amy Samp Ward from N10. And Amy, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, give a little bit about your background, and then we'll get right into the conversation. Excellent. I'm excited to be part of this new podcast series. Um, yes, as you just said, my name is Amy Sampleward. I am the CEO at N10, the Nonprofit Technology Network, and I'm sure that we will talk a lot more about N10 as we kind of get mm-hmm. into the conversation. But yep. uh, my background is in kind of this intersection of uh, the online world and community engagement. Um, recognizing that community engagement is not 100% in the online world. Um, humans also interact off the Internet. Um, it, that may be news to all of you, but um, it, it is a core part of my career is helping helping connect um, communities with programs on and offline, and, and what does that flow look like? What's that experience look like? How does that enrich programs? Um, how does that guide our work, uh, all of those kind of questions fall out from there. Uh, And N10 is a nonprofit, and our kind of broad mission is to make sure that all nonprofits know how to use technology to serve their communities. And we were formed back in 2000, and I'm sure folks can appreciate that technology has changed a little bit in the last 17 years, Mm -hmm. but it turns out that a lot of organizations still struggle with many of the same questions. You know, how do we make decisions around technology? How do we evaluate technology? How do we know what our staff needs or what our community needs? Um, how, do we, how do we make these smart decisions? Um, especially because technology keeps changing, how do we make decisions in that kind of world? Cool. Charlie, say hi and tell us what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so hey, Jamie, and hello, Amy. Thanks for the intro. I'm glad that you're here, and I've heard awesome things about you, of course, from my partners, Maddie and Jamie, and glad that we have finally connected. Um, And I love this. I love the topic, number one. I love what you guys do. Um, Let me just start by saying praise the Lord, Allah, God, Jesus above, um, that somebody like you and your organization is focused on this. And and awesome that you're focused on it for the not-for-profit sector. By the way, the for-profit sector needs it too. So um, <laughs> there's there's applicability across across the board. And I love the fact that it's this intersection and, and full-on explicit acknowledgement that it's not just all about technology. Like it's got to be the tool or it's got to be an important tool which you can't forget about the other aspects. So, so thanks for making that known. So with all of our, our podcasts, we always just kind of start with a big question and we see where the conversation goes. Um, and that seems to work pretty well. And so our big question for our discussion today uh, is, what in your mind, Amy, is the relationship between the organizational culture and the community cultures? Uh, and, and 
in what ways do they feed each other and evolve together? And, I, and I'd ask that as you respond to that, maybe for our listeners, just kind of give an overview of how even you define community, because that's, that's a little bit of a, a general term that we throw around a lot. But I, I think to, to frame the conversation, if you could give us your point of view on that, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, I have many things to say on this. Um, I also, you know, did receive the question in advance. I unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for authentic conversation, did not read that email or prepare until we got on the phone. So (laughs) this will all be kind of our, our real conversation in the moment. But I think there are a few things. So first, I want to, I want to start with Uh, your question around community and defining that, I feel very passionately that our words matter and that they all have definitions. And community is one of those words that that means something and has a definition. And I totally agree with what you said, that people kind of just use community as a a catch-all. And I also hear it referenced interchangeably with the word network which is another word and has a different definition and actually is not the same as community. So the way that I kind of define them or or separate out those terms is that from an organization's perspective, the community are the people that you can directly talk to. They have opted into your emails. They have given you their phone number. They physically attend your events. Um, They have followed you on social media. They are people who have said, yes, I want I want what you have to say. You can talk to me. Um, And then there's the piece that oftentimes we forget, which is creating that connection also means they can talk to us, and that is a huge opportunity when it comes to culture. Uh, And separating that kind of community are the people that are connected to us directly, and there's no barrier to communication. Mm. Then we have the network. Network is not the same as community. Network are the friends and the family members and the coworkers of the people in our community. And we talk to the network when we talk to our community, and I'm sure everyone has received that email that says, forward this email you know, with this call to action to five of your closest friends and, and have them join the campaign. That's an organization saying, we want to build our list, we want to build our community, Can, you know, we need the community to go, to go recruit to the network level for us. Mm-hmm. So just a quick... In my world, that's how those two terms are different and our relationship as organizations from a culture perspective, from a programmatic perspective, are different because of those relationships. Um, And when it comes to the big question, this idea of of kind of the relationship between an organization's culture, like staff culture and and the community's culture, um, just as you were talking about it, a, a couple different things came to mind is that there's there's a different, I think, relationship and dynamics at play from the initializing of culture to the maintenance and the duties of maintaining a culture and then to the opportunity to shift culture, uh, culture change. And I think that those kind of three different stages can have some different elements for the staff side versus the external community side. Um, and I'll just start with an example from N10, which is N10 as an organization it has a, a bit of a different origin story than most organizations. You know, 
most nonprofits have this like, here's this charismatic leader who had a vision and created an organization and then, you know, built it up and, and now however many years have passed and, and that's the legacy of the founder, right? Well, N10 was founded by the community. Mm. Um, so, so, I mean, I guess in that way there was a charismatic leader uh, because it was hundreds of people. <laughs> um, but, but really, you know, folks who were working with nonprofits, mostly as kind of an outside contractor, trying to help with technology needs in the 90s, recognized that that was a really, a really intense um, and trying job and created um, some affinity with, with others doing that and self-organized into gatherings that kind of grew in size. And after a while, that community of kind of circuit riders, nonprofit tech folks, realized that it takes a lot of work to convene, uh, you know, to put on events, to maintain that connection for the community throughout the year. And put forward a vote, should we, should there be an organization that serves us or should there not be? And, at, you know, 17 years later, we can say the vote obviously was that there should be an organization to serve this community. Um, so, so from the initializing of culture perspective, I think N10 totally took the, the cue of what the culture should be from the community. But then on the maintenance, I would say that load is is shared, if not a little bit more heavy on the organization to to maintain the culture because part of that is as people join the community, how do they how do they get that initializing of, of okay, what is the culture and, and you know how do we interact here? And I think that's the part that falls on end end the stewardship and initializing of culture as people come in is is on us. So that they can then feel really comfortable in the community and then going to the shift you know as opportunities arise just generally in in the marketplace technology changes our relationships change um, you know shifts in the nonprofit sector and job types and focus areas all those things I think um, we we as staff try to try to really listen um, for those shifts and take those cues from the community to shift. Um, and not all of those are culture related. Some of those are programmatic, right? Do we have the right programs for you? Um, but I think a lot of times when it, we don't want to shift without the community being ready for that. So we're listening more at that stage. Right. But do you guys, so when you guys bring, when you say bring people into the community, basically you've got folks that are joining or participating in your events. Are you consciously and actively really like giving them an orientation about, hey, here's what it means to volunteer with us or here's what it's going to be like yeah. to be here? I mean, because I like, you know, oh, you know, yeah. Maddie and I spent a lot of time in the association world and. And the, those people are like, you know, please give me your credit card number. Like, you like, here's how you participate: <laughs> is you join, yeah. and then you get our stuff, and you follow our rule. Like, it's a, I'm sensing a oh, more yeah. like, there, like we have orientations and community calls for everything, um, whether you're whether you're a member or not. So there are member specific every month. There's an open call, whether you just joined or you joined two years ago, but you don't really engage. There's an open call every month to talk about 
you know, how, how best to kind of leverage this community, learn from other people, find resources, et cetera. Um, but then every program we have has, a, has an open community call to explain the program if folks are interested in participating in it so they know what to expect and, and kind of how to participate there if it's right for them. Um, in addition to, you know, segmenting people by how we got their email address so they get a custom welcome series right. related to that kind of interest area, you know? So I think um, it it means a lot to orient people to to N10 because we define N10 as the community, and you know? Um, and, and that means it's different than saying, great, you just registered for the conference, here's your registration, goodbye. It's, you just registered for the conference, that this is a core part of our community, here's how else you can engage. You know, um, it, it's a really big focus for us. And I, so, and connect, sorry, Charlie, and I, I want to hear what you have to say in this, in this sec, but let me just ask one quick question, because I think that one of the things that, you you talked about the definition of, of community and the importance of that, which was, which was helpful. Um, we believe the same thing about the word culture, and, and part of our definition around culture is that it's the stuff that clarifies and reinforces what is truly valued inside an organization. It's, I mean, a cult culture is taking a stand that says we are about this and this is what we value here. Um, and is that woven into the community experience for you guys? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that when we hear from people, so for example, really tactically, if you don't renew your membership, we reach out and say, why did you not renew? Or, you know, hey, you're up for renewal. If you don't want to, feel free to give me a call and, and talk about why you don't want to renew. Um, and almost always the answer is, well, I don't have, you know, I've changed jobs and sectors and I can't contribute to the community in the same way. So I don't feel comfortable be lurking in the community because, you know, that individual's perception and experience of the community is interactive and sharing and engaged. Um, and that's, I mean, just one kind of answer. But I would say that's really the root of most people's response when they disengage is, I have understood the community mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. am opting out because right. I, you know, I've changed jobs or whatever. Um, right. And I think that, to your point, is because community is, is what we are reinforcing when, when we're talking about both staff culture and, and the experience of our members. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I always struggle with in, in defining, and I guess maybe more importantly, understanding this notion of community, and, and thanks again for, for setting it up for us, um, is this kind of related notion of membership. Um, and when, 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 when you think about the culture of an organization, th there's, I think, a little bit more acceptance of, of this idea that, that you can be selective about who gets to be a member in that organization uh, or, or who fits and doesn't fit, to trivialize it a little bit. A and we can go as far, by the way, as asking you to leave the organization because you're not holding to aspiring to protecting promoting yeah. the, the 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 things as Jamie says that that really clarify and reinforce who we need to be in order to be successful. Can you take that same approach yeah. on the community yeah. side? Yeah, totally. I mean because so N10 is not an association. We are a C3. Um and we have membership as 
you know, an earned revenue um, channel, but also because for us, membership is used as an indicator that, you know, like I was saying before, because the community essentially created N10, if folks stop wanting to be members, then that's an indicator that we're on the wrong, on the wrong track, right? We're, we're not listening close enough to what the community needs. Um, so for us, it is both earned revenue and an, an indicator of, of how we're doing. And I think two I, complementary, not competing things. So one is because we are SE3 and our mission is to help all organizations <laughs> use technology, we are realistic that we are not going to meet our mission by being a closed association and expecting every, you know, 1.8 million nonprofits just in the U.S. to become Entent members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of reaching our mission is that our content is accessible as, as widely as possible. Um, but then in addition to that, we, to your point, know that not everyone is is at a place in their organizational kind of effectiveness to use N10 resources, right? Some people um, maybe need other resources from other organizations first before they're ready for the kind of programs we offer. Um, some organizations maybe are beyond them. Um, but but whatever that piece is, we want to really use the what is experienced and seen as, as the culture around N10 as that vetting lens so people see, okay, that's really what's going on there. Um, We are very prominent with our values and talk about them regularly. Um, Values are included in just accepting the terms to use the website, you know, that that is helping us reinforce the kind of experience we want folks to have so that, like you said, we are hopefully doing a lot less of the kicking people out and more that the right folks are Mm self-selecting. Yeah, I mean, I think the the kicking people out piece is more. Um, I mean, it's less about that, and it's it's more. And we've we've even seen this on the on the organizational side. I mean, we've we've seen organizations get really clear in culture, and then, like you say, people sort of show up for work the next day and say, you know, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can be who right. you just got clear we need right. to be in this. I mean, I we had we had a. Um, an association in Australia where they, and once they found out that this senior person didn't want to be there, they helped them find a new job, right? Like there's, there's no reason why it's not kicking out. It's like, no, let's find you a community where you're going to get what you need. You know, let's find you an organization where that has resources that are more aligned with what you're doing. Um, How, how, you know, one of the things that we spend a lot of our time focusing on with our clients is, is, is really getting good um, about, I love that we share this love for for language because I, I think it's even more important in the realm of culture because um, mm-hmm. because words I mean it's very easy to say things like transparency but you know unless you can really provide the color and the context around how transparency shows up in this workplace people will make assumptions that that may be ineffectual invalid etc. How do you guys go about creating the language that's important for your community to use? I mean, you mentioned some values that you share in your, you know, your kind of your membership agreement. Um, was there a, a science to that, or did you guys all kind of sit around at the table and, and discuss it? And can you reflect on some of the right. things that you did to come up with that language? Oh yeah, I mean we 
we try to avoid what's the what's the metaphor you know a camel is a horse by committee mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to we try to avoid that because there are so what so to the word piece um first before i explain this we have members who are paid n10 members but because everything we do is is publicly accessible when we say the community we mean both members and non-members who are participating in programs right so we have um committees that we you really work with actively. So there's a membership committee, editorial committee, steering committees for all of our conferences, um, evaluation committee. They're just all of these different community kind of resource groups that we uh, bring things like language to. Um, so a super quick example, we were just um, updating some of our um, kind of community guideline language so that it could um, include just be responsive to the types of questions that have come up where people have said, oh, is, is this a kind of post that's okay in the online forum? You know, so we're like, oh, obviously the terms or the community guidelines aren't clear enough because people are asking these questions, so let's update them so, you know, for clarity. So instead of just like two staff members doing that, we you know, move them over into a Google Doc. We brought in a number of people mm-hmm. who are active community leaders and worked on that language together, both for clarity, like does this make sense to those questions, but also is this consistent? Is this the kind of, you know, N10 document that we should have? Um, and I think that made it a lot stronger, but also it means when we roll it out and, you know, update the site, you already have core community leaders bought in because they mm-hmm. helped create it, right? So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel also like here's N10 staff just kind of laying down the law. It's we all participated in creating this and we're going to hold each other accountable to it. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that is, is I mean, it's consistent with, with, with the work that we're doing a lot of now, which is when you create something as simple as a process of how, like, I don't know, how do I put this language up on our website so people know what to do? Like, People don't – I think too many organizations don't actually think about, well, how do we do that? And what you're describing is, well, I know exactly how we do it because our culture says we're going to do this together because it's the community that founded this, and that's what we're about, and we're going to be collaborative and transparent about it. Like we've we've established it. Therefore, we create a specific process, and it works like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this Yeah, is I mean our kind of general do. rule is that if you're putting – if you're putting something forward, whether it's updated – you know, terms on the website, it's a new resource for the community, it's a new program idea that you want to pitch at a staff meeting. If you can't say that community members were involved in getting you to that place, then you don't get to even propose it. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is not something that's going live anywhere because mm-hmm. we have we have too large of a community. The community is too core to our work for us to put forward ideas that aren't connected to the community. Yeah. That's powerful. No, I think it's really huge, and I think this is something we're actually starting to explore um, in the association and nonprofit world uh, around not just staff culture and sort of how do you set the processes around this, but what is your volunteer culture, and how do you set the rules around that? I feel like that is something that has not been probably with the exception of groups like N10, that is something that has not been developed enough. Um, and we've got a couple of organizations that are going to start doing it in a really methodical way. So this is, this is something that's important to us. And, 
and we are are super excited that you were able to come share it with us. We are we are out of that. This is me wrapping up though because we're out of time. Um, but I do. Well, I'm happy I do. to talk about it all day, every day. I know. So I know. We, if we, we want to do a part two, <laughs> yes, part two. yes, do it. we can. We can make that happen. But no, we really do appreciate you. You. You coming on. I mean, you know. I've known you for a long time. We've we've you know, spoken at, in, in, on the conference circuit back when Human Eyes came out um, yeah. about how cool N10 is. So I, I, like, I knew this was going to be fun, and I knew you would have a lot to contribute on this topic. But we really appreciate you coming on, and that's going to going to wrap it up for uh, this edition of Culture Chat. Uh, I will remind folks, however you're hearing this, whether it's on Podbean or through iTunes or through our blog at workxo.com, uh, go to the other source and sign up there as well, because that way you won't miss anything. So thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on Culture Chat. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. And that was the Culture Chat today. We'll have some highlights up on the blog soon. Find out more about WorkXO and how to map your workplace genome at workxo.com.